Yes, we are. We are the church. Good morning, everybody. Man, it's so great not to be preaching to a wall this morning. I, I am so looking forward to just looking into your faces and sharing the Word of God. Excited about it. We're back. Come on, somebody. Yeah. As we get started, let me just say uh, hello to everybody that is watching online. We're glad that you're joining us there. We've got a lot of people here at Coast, but we're so glad that a lot of you are watching with us online. Can we just give a warm welcome to everybody that's watching online? I promise you, if you're watching online, we've ordered new equipment, new cameras, new production stuff, and somewhere in the next month and a half, everything will be looking totally different, but we're so glad that you're here. I want to say a special thank you to everybody that helped get the church ready for us to be able to come back in, all the people that worked so hard and did cleaning and so many different other things to make that happen, uh, and, and a special thanks to Cherie King, who kind of headed up all that effort. We're just so... All right, we're starting a brand new series today called The Comeback, and it's all about overcoming life's setbacks. And this morning, I want to talk about what happens when it feels like you can't come back. You know, these last three months have been unlike anything we've ever seen in our lives. I've never, I've never gone through a pandemic before, and neither have you probably. And most of us have been affected by this pandemic in one way or the other. Uh, you may know somebody who was hospitalized or maybe even someone who died from the virus. You may have had to shut down your business or uh, you know, something like that. Maybe uh, you're wondering from, from all of that, how do I come back from this? How do I come back? Maybe you were unemployed during the shutdown because your, your business was declared non-essential. We went through that in our household. Vicki was out of work uh, for a couple of months or more while, you know, her, until her business was declared essential again. You know? uh, what do you do when you face a setback? What happens when there's a setback in your life? Well, first of all, let's define setback. A setback is a loss of progress, a defeat of a plan, or a reversal of good fortune. In other words, it's anything that sets you back. You were here, and now because of circumstances, something puts you back here. And what happens when it feels like you've moved so far back that you're not sure you can come back from the setback? What do you do? What do you do when your setback seems permanent? What do you do when you think, man, I'm never going to climb out of this hole. I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, the answer to that question is found in the life of a man named Job. <laughs> you should have known we were going to preach on Job today, right? Uh, now, in his day, Job was the wealthiest man in the world. He was very influential. And his story, it takes up a whole book. It's found in your Bible right about the middle of the Bible. In fact, if you open your Bible to the middle, you'll be in Psalms. Go back one book. That's the book of Job. And uh, most scholars believe that it was probably the first Bible book that has ever been written. So it was the first of the Bible. And, and it's a very interesting story about this guy, Job. And like I said, he was very wealthy, he was very powerful, very important, uh, very influential. But on a single day, he lost almost entirely everything. He lost his sons, he lost his daughters, they were killed in a terrorist attack. Uh, all, all that happened in a single day. And, and if that weren't enough, man, I mean, because that's a setback, 
But if that weren't enough, then a natural disaster wipes out all of his crops and all of his livestock. They all died on a single day. So he loses all of his wealth. He becomes deathly ill with an incurable and extremely painful disease. Talk about having a bad day. He's having a setback. And it seemed like, if you looked at it with a natural eye, it would seem like there's no way he's going to come back from that. There's no way he's going to be able to come back from such a problem. Well, look at it. Job chapter 30, verse 26 through 27. Job says this, I looked for good to come, but evil came instead. I waited for some light, but darkness fell instead. And the churning inside of me, you know that upset stomach you feel when you're stressed out? When you feel like, man, I don't know what's going on. I don't know how I'm going to handle this. What are we going to do? And your stomach just starts churning inside. He says, the churning inside of me never stops. And waves of misery crash over me. Look, I have no doubt that some of you have been through so much so far this year. And maybe you came in this morning feeling a little bit like Job. And yet at the end of the story of Job, we see one of the greatest comebacks imaginable. Job has this great comebacks. He loses it all, health, wealth, family, everything. But at the end, he gains it back in an even greater way. Now, I believe that this story will encourage you no matter what your setback is during this time. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at five things that Job did when everything in his life suddenly falls, falls apart. And, and I'm, to help you remember these, we're going to use an acrostic, trust, T-R-U-S-T. That'll kind of help you remember. These are the five things that Job did when he needed to have a comeback. Five things, five ways to trust. So let's jump right in. The T in trust in our acrostic stands for Tell God exactly how I feel. You need to tell God exactly how you feel. That's where you start. When you've had a major setback in your life, a great place to start is by telling God about it, talking about it, being honest, sharing your emotions with God. The first thing you, you do when you're in pain is you tell God how you feel. Don't sugarcoat it. Tell Him exactly what's going on. See, when God listens to you, He wants you to be honest. And did you know that when you're honest with God about your emotions, that's actually an act of worship? It is. And even when you're disappointed, even when you're frustrated, just be honest. God, I'm afraid. I'm mad. I'm discouraged. I, I can't stand what's going on right now. See, when you're talking to God, you're focused on Him. And when you focus on God, that's worship. And so you start, no matter what's going on in your life, by telling God exactly how you feel. I had one of these moments yesterday in this room. I came up to the church just to see if there was you know, anything still needing to be done that I could do. I did a couple little things here and there. But then I sat down and said, I'm just going to spend some time praying. And my heart was heavy. My heart was grieved. I started thinking about all the people who have been through this pandemic and people that lost their jobs and people who lost major money and revenue during this time. And they're trying to figure out, how am I going to make ends meet? How am I going to get through this? I started thinking about people uh, who lost loved ones or who battled sickness. And, 
incurred some uh, expenses because of that and they were doing. Or I started thinking about people who had uh, sicknesses that weren't COVID related, but they couldn't get them treated right now because everything was being treated by the COVID thing. And I just started thinking about all those things. But at the same time, I started thinking about all the stuff that was happening with the church and how busy we were in the community and how we fed people at the hospital and we fed people every Thursday, man, cars lined up and we're giving out tons of groceries and started thinking about people that we've been interacting with online and in our online community from all over the nation. It's just crazy what we're seeing. And I started thinking about all those things and people who've even listened online and and gave their life to Christ. And, and so I was thinking about all that. I was thinking about what's happening in our world with the death of George Floyd and the, the injustice that was there and all of that. My heart was heavy. And I was thinking about what's happening in our major cities right now and these acts of violence. And my heart was heavy. But I was reminded that God is trustworthy. I was reminded in those moments. So I came before God and I poured it all out to Him. By the way, if you want to see this in action in the Bible... Just read through the book of Psalms. David was constantly saying, God, this is how I feel. My heart is hurting. This is what's going on in my life right now. This is what I'm struggling with. And then at the end of it, he winds up encouraging himself. It talks about David encouraging himself in the Lord. I want you to notice Job's reaction to this disaster in his life. In Job 1.20, it says, Job stood up. He tore his robes in grief. This, by the way, is a Middle Eastern custom. It says then that he shaved his head. Again, another Middle Eastern custom. And then it says he fell to the ground and he worshipped God. He's acting in total humility, total despair, doubt, frustration, anger. And I get it. I felt those emotions. And so have you, if we're honest. And really, that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about in this first point, we're going to be honest with God. We're going to tell him how we feel. See, anytime you have loss in your life, any kind of loss, you're going to have four emotions. You're going to have anger. And why did this happen to me? Why, why, why did this happen? You're going to have grief. Man, I'm thinking about all the things that I've lost and I'm struggling. You're going to have shock. What in the world is going on? What am I, what's going on? Why, God? You're going to have fear. Man, what's going to happen next? And you know what? You need to express every single one of those emotions to God. You don't need to hold it in. Did you know that God can handle any emotion you've got? You know how I know He can handle any emotion that we've got? It's because He's the one that gave us our emotions. All these emotions came from Him. So He can handle your anger. He can handle your doubt. He can handle your fear. He can handle your complaints. All of that. In fact, Job was completely, brutally honest with God. In Job 7:11, he says, I can't be quiet. I'm angry. I have to speak. I have to talk about this. He's saying, God, I'm ticked off. And as you read the book of Job, you'll actually see a progression in his reaction to this giant setback. First, you see confusion. You know, what's going on in my life? You ever felt like that? Yeah, we all have. Then secondly, he starts complaining. Then he starts blaming God for all of this pain. And at one point he says to God, God, you didn't do this right. You handled this wrong. You let all this bad stuff happen to me, God, and I don't like it. In fact, I don't know that I like you right now. God can handle that emotion. 
The right response to loss or tragedy or disaster is not to grin and bear it. The right response is to take it to the God who loves you. The God who cares about your life. Right? You talk to Him. You're honest with Him. You tell it to God and He can handle it. The book of Lamentations, chapter 2, verse 19 says this. Cry out in the night. Pour out all of your heart like water. In other words, spill your guts. Share it all with Him. Pour out your heart like water in prayer with the Lord. See, with God, honesty is the best policy. And at the end of the story, God actually commends and, and encourages Job because he did this first step in trust. He told the Lord exactly how he felt. Listen, Job never stopped trusting God. He never stopped trusting God in the process, even when he was angry, even when he was upset, even when he didn't understand what was going on, even when he was confused, when he had doubts, even when he thought that God had messed it all up. He still kept trusting God, but he was honest. Now, the second way to trust God for a comeback when everything looks fatal, final, and there's no way out of it is the R. The R stands for refuse to become bitter. Refuse to become bitter. Now, it's okay to tell God you're mad. It's okay to tell God that you're sad or you're angry or frustrated. But don't let that grief or that frustration or that worry turn into resentment and bitterness. Because what bitterness is, is actually saying, God, I don't trust you. I don't know why you did this, and you're some kind of mean, angry God, and you're just punishing me. And we let our heart get bitter, and we let our heart get frustrated. Uh, see, Job didn't do that. Job didn't get bitter. In fact, Job saw the big picture. He spoke to God, and he said this in Job 1, 21 and 22. He says, I came naked, naked from my, I'm from Milton, we say naked. being honest, man. You can't hide your roots, right? <laughs> All right. He says, I came <laughs> He says, I came naked from my mother's womb and I shall have nothing when I die. Now let me just pause there. You know, when our daughter Leanna was born, she didn't come into the world with any clothes. She didn't come into the world with any money or a portfolio. She came just like she was. Over the years as a pastor, I've done a lot of funerals. And you know what I found out? Is that you don't take any of this stuff with you. You don't take your bank accounts. You don't hold on to your job. You don't do any of that stuff. That doesn't happen. So in this passage, he says, you came with nothing and you leave with nothing. Job says this. He says, the Lord gave me everything I had and they were his to take away. Everything I had, they were his to take away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And it says in all of this, notice, Job did not sin by blaming God. Job did not sin. You know, if you were to study the book of Job, you know what you would find out is the main question that runs through this book is, will you love God and will you trust God no matter what happens? Will you love God and will you trust God no matter what happens? Why do you worship God? Why do you love God? Do you do it only when things are good? Or do you love God and serve God no matter what happens? If you think about it, this is the ultimate test of your faith. Will you worship God even when things are not going well in your life? You see, we're not promised a perfect life. This is not heaven. This is earth. And so your faith will be tested. And here's the thing. An untested faith is really no faith at all. 
A lot of times there's things that happen in your life. In fact, most of the times we don't have an explanation for what's happened in our life. We may not get an explanation. When bad things happen, there may be times where you just say, you know what, God, I don't know. I don't understand. I don't get it. But I trust you. I trust that you're good. See, life is not always good, but God is always good. Amen. Amen. Yeah, he is. How do you trust God when your heart is breaking? How do you put your eyes on God when they're filled up with tears? Well, the antidote to bitterness is not to say, hey, look, I just don't want to be bitter. The antidote to bitterness is actually praise. It's worship. That's what it is. What is worship? I said it earlier. It means focusing on God, focusing your attention on God. You need to hear this this morning. There are some things you need to know that we as Christians, no matter what happens in our life, there are some things that we are thankful for. Job talks about these things. Here are some of the facts of life that I know are true, no matter what happens to me. Number one, God will never stop loving me. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Number two, God has a plan for my life and a plan for your life. Number three, God cares about every detail of my life and your life. Number four, God is in control of things even if I don't understand. Number five, God will protect me. These are true. These are things that I can build my life on when I don't understand why things are happening in my life. God is near. God cares. God is powerful. God can change it. God has a plan and a purpose, and he's going to bring good out of it somehow. It doesn't mean the things that happen in our life are good, but it means that God has the power to bring good out of it if we trust in him. So if you're going to go through the setback to the comeback, you've got to tell God exactly how you feel. You've got to resist the bitterness, bitterness, and you need to remember two things. First, we're in an imperfect world. Everything has been broken by sin. There's plenty of things that we can be bitter about, so don't be surprised by that, because Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulations and trials. Right? They're going to be there. But second, you need to remember that both bitterness, listen to me, both bitterness and happiness are choices. And every moment of your life, you're choosing one or the other. And if you choose to be bitter, you are choosing against happiness because you can't be both at the same time. So happiness or bitterness? Job says, the Lord gave me everything I had, and he has the right to take it all away. But I'm still going to trust him because I wouldn't even exist if it weren't for God. I refuse to be bitter because of the setback. Can I get a good amen, somebody? All right. So here's the next one. Third step in trusting God. It's the U. The U in trust stands for unite. Unite with people who will help me focus on God. Now I want you to see this because this is very important. For any comeback, you're going to need other people with faith to back you up. You're going to need other people in your life who can actually believe God for you when your faith is shaky. When you've just been devastated by the setback and you're kind of struggling, you need other people who have strong faith who can help you through. This is why small groups are important. This is why church gatherings are important. This is why we, 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 we love that we have the online capabilities, but you can't just do church online. You need a church family. 
You need people that, that can love you through those moments. You need people that will be your safety net when you have a setback in your life. You cannot isolate yourself. See, God never intended for you to go through life on your own. He never intended for you to go through grief or sorrow or tragedy or loss or difficulty or setback by yourself. God made us for each other. He did. He made us. He wired human beings to need each other. We're better together. We're better in community. Can I get an amen? Amen. We are. And the first thing that God said to man when he created man was, it's not good for man to be alone. It's not good for man to be alone. Here's the problem. When you have a setback, when you're going through pain or suffering, sadness, sorrow, loss, when you're going through that, the problem is our natural reaction to pain is to withdraw from everybody. We want to pull back. We want to build walls around ourselves. We want to put up barriers. We want to create a distance between us and people. And I'm not talking about social distancing. I'm talking about we don't want anybody around us. We don't want anybody close to us when we're in deep, deep pain. And God says, no, 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 that's not the plan. That's the exact opposite of what I created you to do. One of Job's friends gave him some really wise advice. His name was Elihu, and in Job chapter 36, 18 through 24, he says to Job, don't let your anger and the pain you endured make you sneer at God. Reputation and riches cannot protect you from distress, nor can you find safety in the dark world below. He's talking about the occult. He says, do not turn to evil as a way of escape. God's power is unlimited. Others have praised God for what he has done, so join them. Now notice that phrase. Others have praised God for what he has done. Join with them. He's saying, look, that's how you're going to make it to the next step. That's how you're going to get through this. You've got to unite with other people who will support you, encourage you, pray for you, be there with you. They'll help you out. Now, Job, uh, his friend Elihu, has some very great uh, points in this verse. Uh, There's some great things that he really shows us. First First thing he shows us is he points out that pain is a great equalizer. In other words, disaster is impartial. Suffering is random. It hits everybody. So here's his first piece of advice. He says, never use evil to escape pain. He says, don't don't try to avoid pain by numbing yourself with drugs or alcohol or doing something like having an affair or getting addicted to to some sort of, uh, you know, anything. Don't don't do that. You know, a lot of people become very self-destructive when they're in pain. It's true. They they get self-destructive. They know it's wrong. They still do it anyway. They're trying to relieve or escape their pain. The Bible says, you know what? You're only going to make things worse. So he says, don't run from it by doing something stupid. The second thing that Elihu says, he says, when your heart's breaking, when you're confused, when you're down, when you feel like you're about to lose it all or you have lost it all, Don't turn from God, turn to God. If you turn away from God, what's your alternative? It's bitterness, it's despair, it's hopelessness. You need to turn to God. So what do you ask for? 
What do you ask for when you're trying to make a comeback? When you're talking to God about comebacks, you know? Well, you ask God to do a couple of things, and they're right here in this passage that I want to show you uh, from Job, right? You ask for wisdom so that you can have a clear perspective, and you ask for strength because you're going to need both. You're going to need God's wisdom and God's strength for your comeback. You can't do it on your own. Here's what it says, Job 12, 13. True wisdom and real power belong to God. From Him, we learn how to live, and we also learn what to live for. I love that. You want to know how to live? You want to know what to live for? You're going to need God's wisdom. Where do you get that from? Get it from God, right? Second thing he asked for, uh, God for, is not just wisdom, but he asked for strength. 1 Chronicles 16.11 says this, Go to the Lord for help and worship Him. Did you know that worship, worshiping God, actually relaxes you? Studies have shown that when you start worshiping God, it lowers your heartbeat. It'll actually lower your blood pressure. And studies, according to uh, some studies that, that I've read, it says people who go to church actually live longer. Psalm 69.32 says this, those who worship God will be encouraged. Worship makes you wiser. Worship gives you strength. Worship relaxes you from stress. Worship helps you to remember that God is bigger than any problem, any setback that you're having, anything that you're facing. And no amount of Netflix can overcome that, right? <laughs> I'm telling you. So to go from a comeback to a setback you need to do what David did. He went to church. He went to worship. In Psalm 63, David says, Here I am in the place of worship, eyes open, drinking in your strength and glory. Do we not have that verse? There it is. I'm going to read it one more time so you can read along with me. Here I am in the place of worship, Eyes open, drinking in your strength and glory. That's Psalm 63, 2 from the message. See, that's what you do in worship. You put your eyes on God. Can I tell you what happens when you put your eyes on God? When you put your eyes on Him and you realize how big He is, that's why the Scripture says magnify God. In other words, as big as you can imagine Him, He's even bigger. He's beyond anything that you can ask or think or imagine in your mind. So he's so much bigger. So he says, when you think about God and you magnify him, God gets bigger and your circumstances get smaller. You find yourself worrying less. God gets bigger and you gain strength. All right. Uh, the fourth letter in trust is S. The S stands for surrender. I surrender my future to God. That's exactly what Job did in this comeback. Anytime you have a loss, anytime you have a failure or setback, what paralyzes you after that is not the grief, it's the fear. It's the fear. What's going to happen? Grief is a good thing, but that fear, the fear of the future. Now look, I want to show you something in Job's life because Job gets some very bad advice from all of all people from his wife. It says this, Job's wife said to him, are you still trying to maintain your integrity? Why don't you just curse God and die? Just end it. This may be the very first recorded 
um, incident of somebody encouraging a suicide. But she is dead wrong. She is dead wrong. And listen how Job replies to his wife. He says, you talk like a godless woman. Should we accept only good things from the hand of God and never anything bad? So in all of this, Job said nothing wrong. Now notice, Job's response to this problem, this setback in his life, is total surrender. God, I'm in your hands. He says, look, you know, I don't like it, I don't understand it, but God, I surrender my future to you after this major loss in my life. Man, that's surrender. As a matter of fact, in one of the most famous verses in the Bible, Job 13, 15, Job says this, even if God takes my life, I'm going to trust him. Now, those of you who memorized it, maybe in the King James, it says, even though he slay me, I'll trust him. That's surrender. That's surrender. That's surrendering your life to God. No matter what happens in my life, I may not understand it, but I know this. I belong to God, and I know these things are true, that God made me, that God loves me, that God has my best interest at heart. I know that God is in control. I know that this life is not all there is. I know there's more to life than just the here and now, and I know that one day I'm going to be eternally with God in heaven. I am. Now, these are things that give me hope. These are things that give me comfort, and they should you too, because we're going to trust him, because I know what kind of God he is, and I know what he's got and planned for me in heaven. Friends, that's the ultimate expression of a mature faith. Man, are you a man of God? Are you a real woman of God that can handle setbacks? Or do you just flake out and worry when things kind of get dicey? By the way, do you know what a weak faith is? What the sign of a weak faith is? It's worry. It's worry. Worry is the warning light that your faith is not quite moving in the direction that you want it to. Matthew 6.32 in the Contemporary English Version translation says, People who don't know God are always worrying. See, when you have a setback in your life, listen, you're either going to worry or you're going to worship. One of the two, worry or worship. And the more you focus on God and how big he is, worship, the less you're going to worry. You want to stop worrying in your life? Focus on God. Put your focus on God. Focus on him, and it'll just take the worry out of your life. All right, here's the last step. This is the fifth and final step. But before I give it to you, let me just review. T, tell God exactly how you feel. R, refuse to be bitter. U, unite with people who help you focus on God. S, surrender every detail of your future to God. And here's the last one. T, trust Jesus for every detail of your comeback. You have to trust God with every detail of your life so that he can turn the setback into a comeback. I want you to look at what Jesus promises in John 16, He says, by trusting me, you will be, go ahead and put that on the screen. By trusting me, you will be unshakable. How many of you want to be unshakable? He says, you will be assured. You will be deeply at peace. How many of you say, man, I want to be deeply at peace. In this world, you'll continue to experience difficulties because you're living here on this broken planet. You're going to have difficulties. But he says, take heart because I have conquered the world. Another translation says, take heart because I have overcome the world. 
That's the promise of Jesus Christ. That's the path to your comeback. Now, this is what Job did when he lost everything. He lost his family, he lost his health, his wealth, his prestige, his power, his influence. But he trusted God, and God engineered one of the greatest comebacks imaginable. Here's the last verse. It's Job 42.10. The story ends like this. After Job prayed for his friends, the Lord gave him success again. Man, that's, that's a comeback. In fact, the Lord restored to Job twice as much, double, of everything that he had been blessed with before. Man, but God restored it all and more. That's a comeback. God doubles what happened from the setback. I'm believing that for us. I'm believing that God's going to double the things that got set back. I believe that God's going to double it. I believe it even more. All right? God doubles what we lost. He, he experiences a comeback because God is a faithful God. And Job trusted God's goodness. We're going to trust God. Would you bow your heads with me right where you are? If you're watching online, go ahead and do that too, if you would. I know it may just be you watching online. But go ahead and just bow your heads for a second and just focus on my voice and hear my words right now. I want to lead you in a comeback prayer right now for every single one of you. Those of that are watching online, uh, those that you are, are here in our Coast Auditorium, as our heads are bowed, I want you to do that first thing. I want you to tell God exactly what you're feeling right now. Just tell Him, God, I'm sad, I'm lonely, I'm mad, I'm frustrated, or I'm doubting. Tell Him what you're feeling. Be honest about the setback. Be honest about the problems. Share it with Him. He's big enough. He can handle it. With your head still bowed, I want you to take the second step. I want you to tell God, God, Father God, I refuse to be bitter. Just tell Him that. I refuse to be better. I'm going to trust you, God, for the things that, that, that I don't understand and the things that have happened in my life. Just say this to him. God, I know that was not good, but you are good. And I'm going to trust your goodness, even in the bad that's happened. Just do that. Third thing, just tell God you're going to get serious, and I mean really serious about the you in trust. Uniting with people who help you focus on God. Just say, God, I acknowledge I need people in my life. People with great faith. You need more worship in your life. You need more fellowship in your life. You need more attendance at worship. Because that's where you're going to get the wisdom. It's where you're going to get the strength and the encouragement that you need. Here's the S. The S we're praying this through. This is surrender. Just say, dear God, I surrender my future to you. I don't know what's going to happen, but I trust you. I trust you in this moment, and I surrender. And I'm not going to worry about it. Instead, I'm going to focus on you. I'm going to focus how big you are, and I'm going to know that you've got me under your, your, your control. You've got me. You're loving me through this moment. And by the way, if you've never done this, if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, if you've never given your heart to Him, maybe you know about God, but you've never been in a relationship with Him, now's the time to say yes to Him. 
And if that's you, I want to ask you just to join me in a prayer. Just right now, wherever you, wherever you are, just say, Dear Jesus, come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. I bring you all my pain, all my worries, all my struggles. I ask you to forgive me for my sins. And I trust my life into your hands. In Jesus' name. Keep your heads bowed. There's one more. The T is trust. Would you just tell God right now, God, I'm going to trust you with every detail of my comeback. So we're coming back. We're coming back. I trust you for my comeback. I trust you for my future. I trust you to get us out of this mess. And Father, I trust you with every area of our life. Now, Father God, I ask that you hear these prayers. I ask you to bless them and give them a sense that you heard the prayers as they begin the next step to their comeback. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody look at me for just a second, all right? If you prayed that prayer and you surrendered your life to Christ, then I want you to let us know about it. There is a, a um, comment card that is pinned, a connect card that's pinned to the top of the comments on the Facebook Live setting. And if you go home and you go onto our Facebook page, you'll find that comment card. Just click on it and you can let us know, hey, I prayed that prayer with you. We've got a free gift we'd love to put in your hands. Just fill out the comment card. Let us know your address. We'll send it to you. It, it's, it's, it's basically a book called Now What? It's a next step book on what do you do after you say yes to God. We'd love to put that in your hands. All right, here's what we're going to do. This is something, uh, for those of you that are online, this is something that we do every Sunday at Coast, is we give people an opportunity to respond in their own way to the message. And there's several ways that you can do it. One, the band's going to lead us in one more song. And isn't it good to worship with the Coast Band live? And so we're going to do that. We're going to have a time of worship. And just really just, you can, man, just stand up and worship God. All right, next week, we're going to continue our series, The Comeback. And I'll be talking about how do you deal with a setback when it wasn't your fault? How do you deal with a setback when you didn't cause it, you didn't have anything to do with it, it wasn't your fault? We're going to talk about that next week. Now listen, if this message blessed you, uh, if you're online, share it now. If it blessed you and you're, you're here, when you get home, find it on our Coast Facebook page and share it so other people uh, can, can hear it. All right, I want to pray one more prayer, a prayer of blessing as you go. If you would, raise your hands with me. Father, thank you for every person that's here today. I pray that you bless them. Give them wisdom in all that they do, that they would walk in wisdom according to your word. I ask that your anointing would be upon their life. I ask you to give them favor in the eyes of people they come in contact with. And Lord, I pray that you would give them divine opportunities to tell other people the story of what you've done in their life. In Jesus' name. And everybody said...